Everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Texas Pete. Downset sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com, enter promo code Saturday Down South to take 20% off your orders for any sauce or apparel. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always is my co-host, Chris Marler. Chris, this is one of the worst college football weekends I've ever seen. It was just so boring. Um, not much happened, so this was going to be not that great of a, a recap pod. How was your weekend? Fuck you, Tyler. Um, I mean, well, you know, we'll get into it. I uh, love's not real. Dynasty's dead. Oh, don't say that. Our pets' heads are falling off. It was fine. I mean, I emotionally checked out hours ago, so this should be a good podcast. Um, the only thing getting me through is just the uplifting messages I've gotten from so many Georgia fans. What I mean, what was so bad about the the weekend? What are we, why are you doing this right now? I'm just, I was just asking how your weekend was. Some well, day. I stubbed my toe right back um, and came back with just what the oh. customer wanted. Well, the third fellow that walked in there didn't seem to know too much about guns or Our anything guns, for man. that matter because he was a graduate of the of Mississippi State. <laughs> well, he walked up to the counter, set his rifle on it. And told Old Rock, sir, I'd like your help finding me a classic stock. Old Rock Bill just smiled play and said, be right back. Oh, well, a second later, Old Rock walked in with the entire Mississippi State football team. Well, that was nasty. That was pass-dropping. Non-blitzing. Beast gathered around the counter. Beast. He lost to the fucking And that fucking fellow looked at Old Rock with a real confused <laughs> face. And said, Old Rock, what does any of this have to do with the classic stock? I hate you so much. Old Rock right now. just chuckled and said, Oh, you ha you said a classic I'm gonna let stock? It roll. I thought you said laughing stock. stock. That's exactly what we're gonna do to him, Max. Gonna beat the It'd ever be living. The ever, ever loving. loving. Compound. Woo! Complex. Woo! Fighting Tex Zaggy. Tomorrow we bounce back. Woo! It's this one still. Fighting Tex Zaggy. Happy birthday, Kip. Kip. Parsons Mountain Cavalry. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. So this will be a fun episode. Um, despite what most people uh, have assumed, and maybe with good reason because of how the past couple months went, I don't know. The amount of people that were checking in on me, in quotes, um, after Bama lost was astounding. I had 97 text messages within eight minutes of that field goal being made. Oh. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Like, it was amazing because you had Auburn fans who lost roughly seven hours prior um, or not even that were like, I mean, the entire country. Remember that scene in like Independence Day when he was like, it's no longer our Independence Day. So we, I don't know the exact phrase, but the Bill Paxton yeah. gets, gets yeah. the troops going. It's an emotional that's speech. That's basically what happened. Yeah, it is an emotional speech. But that's, what, that's basically what A&M did last night where – they gave everyone an opportunity to feel like they belonged for a win that they weren't a part of. I'm fine. Except for my friend that I'm on this trip with that really like quadruple and five times doubled down on Bama throughout the game. Sadder than Marler is that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Shout out my buddy who live bet Bama five times and lost every bet. Um, yeah, I didn't do that. I mean, like, listen, here's the deal. I, I'm not trying to say I'm emotionally mature. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've been through so much heartache that um 
I don't know. It's the middle of the season. Bama's won a national championship four out of like their six total under Saban. They've had one loss. So, I mean, they're not going to win one this year. And at the very least, we should like as wrong as I've been about so many things this year. Everything I said about Bama, not John Mechie's not going to win you a football game. That offensive line had issues. They were not better than Georgia. Um, I guess that all went out the the window because most Georgia fans assumed that. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think people woke up today thinking I still thought Bama was the best team in the country. And you're fucking right, I do. <laughs> so it was a chaotic week six. Uh, not only did Bama lose, but there was just some incredible games. Um, it really was a wanna, great great weekend. Do you want to start with the Bama game? Is that where you want to start? I'm surprised you want to lead off with that. Listen, here, like I've been doing this for like four years, and I know how this happens. I think in the four years I've worked at SCS, Bama's lost four times now. Um, and that's not a humble brag. Those are just facts, guys. Um, so I know that there's a lot of people tuning in right now that are just waiting for me to be salty or upset. And you'll probably get a glimpse of that. I don't know. But Bama deserved to lose. I mean, the bottom line, I think like we can start with that game when we get into like the actual breakdowns. But like, I guess when you look at week six as a whole, you kind of have to start there because that loss set so many things in motion. Mainly yeah. my binge drinking. Um, I don't know what was going on there. Sorry. Can you just, can you focus for once? Um, I'm kidding. I'm projecting on you. But that loss, oh, like, it is as simple as it is, like to look at it, and be like, well, you know, Bama still controls their own destiny. It, now you look at it, and like they would have to beat Georgia twice, which a thousand percent is not happening. Um, but they also kind of fucked over the conference because there's a much better chance that the Big Ten will get two teams in now over the SEC. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I was shocked. Well, I guess I wasn't shocked when Penn State's QB went down, but the fact that Iowa came back and won that game. Okay, hold on. I mean, I was, we're, we're looking at Iowa being number two in the country. I'm just, I'm not ready for that. Iowa is number two in the country, not at frying mm. things, not at state fairs, in American football. Cincinnati is three. Were also, they Bama should have dropped lower than five. When what was the score when when Clifford went out in that game? Was it right, seventeen to three? It was seventeen to three. Um, Penn State was in like a decent control of that game. They had four drives like overall to start the game before he went out. He threw one pick, but they were up seventeen three, and they had two hundred seven yards of offense. They brought in their backup, Taquan something. He went two of fourteen for seven yards. He wasn't what you would call good poised. I, yeah, either of those words were good. Good also works. You're right. Yeah. But th- so I guess tip of the cap to Iowa. Well, I mean, I casually dropped on like the other pod, like just a throwaway note, like, well, they have 12 interceptions this year. I don't see that trend continuing. And they had fucking four interceptions. Um, yeah. So that was impressive. However, they beat the backup quarterback at home. They had to come back and, and score late to my three. And the reason why I'm like, if I'm salty about anything, it's that Iowa's number two, because they're not the number two team in the country, just bottom line. They had, a- after uh, Clifford went out at quarterback, I don't even know how many drives it was, it was like seven or eight to, for the rest of the game. You have two and a half quarters of football left. They gained a total of 42 yards. It's impressive. I mean, that's it's not. do. It is. It's impressively bad. I mean, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Like pH. So we're living in a world where uh, Iowa, number two, Cincinnati, number three. We had someone tweet us talking about how we should talk about Oklahoma. How are they ranked number four? They just, well, I, I hate to put it to you, but they're undefeated, and there's many teams that aren't. Okay, so like getting into like the actual week that was, the start of the day from start to finish. Yep. It was fucking great. So the, the Texas OU game, I was Spencer Rattler I goes was like, he's out. He's not good. And Caleb Williams is a baller. Okay, hold on here. This is this frustrated me a little bit because I said on the podcast, I was like, this is gonna be a Steve Sarkeesian coming out party. Coach Sark was watching our Instagram stories on Friday, you know, getting oh. ready for the weekend. Sick brag. They go up 28-7 in the first quarter. Yeah, They're up I thought you were about to be right on that one. I thought it was going to be right for the first time all year. Um, no, they absolutely choke. I don't even know. Like, the end of that game was so crazy because they, they – it's like fourth and 11, like five minutes left. They, they don't convert. They're down seven. They have to give the ball back. Get the ball back again, like score a touchdown, like on like a like – a, like basically a fade route, I think, with like a minute, 20 seconds ago. But the game-winning touchdown – was a 33-yard run, and he went untouched with 10 seconds to go. Untouched. My man had a day, too. I don't remember Kennedy the last Brooks. time I went untouched. Yeah, he was killing it. 217 yards, two touchdowns. Caleb Williams, man, to me, was the story in that game. It's just the guy comes in for Spencer Rattler and promptly goes 15 of 24, 211, two touchdowns, and another 88 yards on the ground with another touchdown. Down I 18. Mean, Comes in down 18, 18 points. Freshman in the rivalry game. And there's nothing that's, that would that'd make you think that Texas was going to like let off the gas at all. Yeah, the, the way they played. Having a great day. I mean, Casey Thompson, you can't play much better. 388 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. It's that just defense is bad. really insane how Oklahoma came back and won that game. So, look, you can say what you want about Oklahoma. They've had a lot of, uh, they've scratched out a lot of wins um, by the skin of their teeth. This one, they're not any good. But they're still undefeated. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not saying if, if the season ended today, okay, here's my, here's my thing with Bama. I think Bama's the second best team in the country. I mean, they're not beating Georgia. They don't deserve no. to be in a playoff right now. They don't deserve to be ranked number two at all. If the season ended today, there's no way that you, anyone, including myself, would make a case for them to be in the top four at all. But there's right. looking at that, like, did you see RJ Young's top 25? No, I, t- I tend to stay away. Oh, Jesus Christ, Tyler. Let's get into this for a second. Um, Bama, did this Bama like, drop out of the top 25? They were 11th, which is uh, fine. Um, is that's not what was surprising. What was surprising was this. So you have that incredible game where OU wins, and you know they're going to move up into the top four because they're, they're undefeated, like you said. Iowa, same thing. Ohio State scored on like their first seven possessions, so they were like, they were like you know, maybe firing all cylinders or finally hitting stride. Um, Cincinnati won 52-3. to three. So this is what the top 25 from RJ Young was. Georgia one, Iowa two, Oklahoma State three, Cincinnati four, Kentucky five, Oklahoma six, Michigan State seven, Michigan eight, Wake Forest nine, Coastal Carolina 10, then Bama, Penn State, BYU, Ole Miss, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arizona State, NC State, Baylor, Ohio State at 20, um, Arkansas, A&M, Nevada, Houston, and Florida. I didn't have that many issues from 12 to 25. 
like besides Ohio State. But like what got me thinking about this is, and again, Bama did not deserve to win Saturday. They don't deserve to be in the top four as of today. They're not going to make the playoff because they'd have to beat Georgia twice, or they have to beat Georgia once, and then to win it, they have to beat them twice. I'm looking at the top ten ahead of them. Coastal Carolina's not beating Bama. Wake Forest is not beating Bama. I don't think Michigan or Michigan State would. I know Oklahoma wouldn't. I know Kentucky wouldn't. I don't think Cincinnati would. I don't think Oklahoma State would. But when you play in the SEC and you have to go on the road in front of like, you know, hostile crowds like that, that's why I think it's even more impressive what what we saw Georgia do. Because like in the middle of the day, I mean, you start off with OU Texas, that Arkansas Ole Miss game, which was incredible. Same game. My God. And then you have also Tennessee. How is Tennessee not ranked? I saw, you know, I thought about betting on Tennessee. They were 10, 10 and a half point favorites. And I just said, you know what? Maybe the offense, they've just been playing some poor defenses. South Carolina defense, a lot better than what they've been playing. They're just rolling right along here. 28 points in the first half or first quarter again. Second straight week. That's one of the best coaching jobs in the country has been Josh Heupel. And I'm not even well, I mean, without a I'm doubt. not even kidding. Like, no, I mean, and I think 20, that, like, we have 25 tra- guys transfer out of the program. 34. <laughs> I mean, so like they, they're four and two on the year. I understand they lost to Pitt. They lost to Florida. I don't think they have like a quality win necessarily, but the fact that they didn't receive a single vote in the AP seems ridiculous to me. They didn't, they, I think they were 36th um, in terms of like votes received in the coaches poll. I just thought that was kind of ridiculous, but that being said, you have like chaos in the first couple of games. That Ole Miss Arkansas game, which we'll obviously get into, is crazy. And then at three thirty, you just have steady Eddie Georgia doing everything a number one team in the country is expected to do. Everything. Yeah. And, I, and you they're know, not healthy at all. Yeah. I mean, sets in, so here's a question for you. They're clearly the number one team in the country. Yep. Two questions for you. Where a three, Tyler? Where should Bama have fallen? Who would be your top four, like today? Or who do you think your top four would be at the end of the season, based off what we know now? And do you think Stetson Bennett, like, you never want to lose your job because of injury? I don't know how you take the job away from Stetson Bennett right now. All right. Uh, I'll start with, what was the first question? What's your favorite color? I I would, I I would have Bama. I mean, I, I just think they're they're perfectly placed because I think they're the best of the teams who have lost one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think. I mean, granted, Michigan's still six and zero, but they're they're still eighth. Um, but I think you got to reward both Iowa and Cincinnati and Oklahoma for still being undefeated. Yeah, and obviously Georgia's number one. So I think actually Alabama slotted exactly where they should be. Um, Ohio State definitely trending, and but I still think given what Bama has been over the last decade, plus they're still going to be in the mix here at the end of the year. And let's be honest, Bama should be ahead of Ohio state. Georgia still has to get it over that mountain right now. I mean, we could say all we want about, yeah, they're not beating. They're not, you know, Alabama's not beating Georgia, but I didn't think A&M would beat Bama. So things can happen to answer your question about Stetson Bennett. Answer it, Tyler, answer it. I mean, you can beat your entire schedule before the SEC championship game with him at the quarterback. No doubt about it. They can probably beat Bama with him. Zach Calzada did. Steven Cal- 
Cal Gar- or Gar- Garzada last night. God, I really butchered that. So Steven Garcia. That, that was shocking. That was shocking. In fact, I don't know if you were you had the volume on pregame, but they they like zoomed in on Calzada and he looked like he was terrified before the game. And As even the announcers been. said, Wow, it looked like the whatever the dog's name is for AM Revelry or whatever. Um they're like, Man, he looks calm. Maybe they should throw him out there at quarterback. Like just it's all fun and games, Derek Gainerson, until something like that fucking happens and he goes off in the first half. I mean, I, like, so I, I don't think, know. I'm just what I'm saying is I think Bama can work on enough on defense to where I think you're going to need JT Daniels against against Bama, but I don't know. You know, it's uh, Stetson. He, I just don't want to hear it from Georgia fans. You know, if if they if they lose with Stetson Bennett, I, I think they got a good enough team regardless. But I, I'd rather see them at full strength. Oh, like an excuse. Daniels. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. All right, let me answer all three of my questions in the speed dating round of the podcast, and then we'll get into the, the first game. I think that any other team in the country, if they lost to an unranked team, and I understand that AM was ranked seventh two weeks ago, and there's 106,000 people, it's a hostile environment, Jimbo Fisher, all that kind of stuff. I think if any other team, like if Iowa lost to an unranked team, they wouldn't have dropped only to five. Oh, 100%. Just, yeah, I was talking right. about that today with, with some friends that I'm with. Like that seems kind of rude and look behind my back, but you know, it's okay if I say it. That's true. I mean, agreed. So I don't think I think it's not a normal unranked team. I don't think because they had a lot of expectations coming into the season, but they did just lose back to back games and one of them against Mississippi state. So yeah. One of them against a ranked team. Why did, can we not have just put them at fucking 25? I mean, that's, that bothers me. It's uh, anyway, but like Bama, in my opinion, is the second best team in the country. I don't think anyone else – there's nobody else besides Georgia that I think legitimately scares me that would beat Bama. And, right. and I'm, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just don't think, like, for 60 minutes, I don't think Michigan State's offense, Michigan's offense could, could hold up. I don't think that Ohio State's defense could hold up. I don't think Iowa's all-white secondary um, could hold up. Like, I, I mean, the athletes are – like, the athletes that Bama has, even with injuries, I think would be – better than than three of those four teams easily right but they should not be five i mean they just shouldn't be i don't know how far they'll you end up them. They'll, they'll end up higher but you don't think they should be five now I, they are they are in my opinion the second best team but they should not be ranked that high after that loss um the next part of that the the playoff georgia's in i mean you look at espn they came out with like their updated FPI and like their predictions on, on getting into the playoff. I mean, here's the nightmare, dude. Like we are, we are fucking living it as lifelong uh, Georgia residents chance to win the conference. Georgia 65.3% to make the playoff 91% to make the national championship 67% and to win it 46%. And I don't, I, that might even be low, man, because the path they have now I don't see anybody on their schedule. Who's, they're a 22 point favorite over Kentucky. They get them at home. They get, I mean, they get Florida, but Florida, you know, unless Mullen is just in his bag that day. I don't know, but uh, I don't not if, if somebody doesn't upset Cincinnati, cause like I thought those two wins against Indiana and Notre Dame would be enough. Like that's like, you know, all they could do basically. I think they have UCF this weekend, but UCF's not good. Their strength of schedule is 92nd. Yep. And like their remaining strength of schedule is 89th. 
So I don't know if that feel good story is going to play itself out. I think, I think the big 10 is going to get Iowa in because they're not going to get beat by anybody and either Ohio state and Michigan or Michigan state. And then Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma, I mean, listen, Bama, they have to beat Georgia to get in because an 11 two Bama that loses in the SEC championship game is not getting in. That means you need Oklahoma to lose what twice. I mean, how's that going to happen? If Caleb Williams is the quarterback, I don't think they're going to lose another game. That Texas is dumb as shit. Game. I'll just be honest. I mean, not until the playoff. I mean, I mean, I mean, their hardest game was against Texas, and they just won. I haven't looked at their entire schedule, but I will say that they're like you look at like the average margin of victory between Oklahoma or like like just comparing resumes. Their average margin of victory against FBS teams is five point two. That was with Spencer Rattler. Oh my God, don't start this right now. You know what? Do, because you've already jinxed everyone else. All right, let's get into the games. All right, let's let's get in. Let's just finish out our conversation about Bama so we don't we we don't we don't have to do it anymore. We can move on. Jimbo Fisher, 56th birthday. Yes. His birthday? Yeah. Him and um, Kip? Him and Kip. They I mean, and they celebrated together, I'm sure. Um Capri comes out vodka. biggest win in the Jimbo Fisher era since he took over there at AM. Uh it's their first win in the series since um Manziel was the quarterback. Um coincidentally, Crimson Tide were also ranked first that year. Um okay. like every year, but a lot went down there. Um Sabin loses his uh his what is it? It hit a hundred? Hundred in a row. Last time was hundred wins in a row. Two thousand four seven, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colorado in the two thousand seven Independence Bowl. So same no, season. No, lose him in a row. Well, uh, I don't know that you're right on that, but either way, um, maybe bowls don't count. Else. Maybe bowls don't, don't count. count. Um, let's see. First time Saban's lost one of his assistants entering the game. He was twenty four zero. Uh, and he had his most wins against Jimbo Fisher. Fisher was 0-4 against him. First Bama loss since 2019 against Auburn. Um, so a lot went down, but it was a story of two halves. Um, obviously, A&M comes out basically clicking on all cylinders. You mentioned it already, but Zach Calzada, who has looked nothing like he did last night, Came out, had a great game, 285 yards, three touchdowns. Um, like, I want to I add to that because I don't know how – like, Bama deserved to lose that game, but looking back on it now, I'm still confused as, how they, as to how they lost. Because, like, you – I mean, you think about, like, a lot of the, the Bama losses during the Saban era, they've been – they haven't just been, like, dominated from start to finish, right, or just beat from start to finish. Clemson 2018, LSU 2019. Um, it's usually like something like, you know, a bunch of turnovers. You have a crazy ending. You have a quarterback that goes off. Like this was Steven Garcia 2.0. Coming into this game, Zach Calzada had three games against FBS opponents. Okay. Three. These were his numbers. Completion percentage 53.2%, averaging 156.3 passing yards a game. Uh, in the three games combined, two touchdowns and two interceptions. He was averaging 4.9 yards per attempt, and his average QBR was 44. This motherfucker comes out in the first half. The ball never hit the ground. He went 13 of 14. The only incompletion was an interception. His 183 yards, which tied his career record for like a game 
high, like most passing yards he'd had in a game. He did it in the first half. Two touchdowns, one interception. His QB or not his QBR, but his passer rating in the first qu- uh, first half was two thirty five. Two thirty five. So Texas A and M scored. They were up twenty four ten at the half. Twenty four points in the first half was the most Alabama has allowed to an unranked opponent before halftime since Saban's been there. That sounds about right. I mean, and again, and I'm not trying to make excuses because like they shouldn't like Bama should have lost that game and they deserve to lose that game. I'm gonna say it ad nauseum. But like that being the qualifier of like, oh, by you know, it was an unranked team, like that I feel like that's like a little bit of a of wash because I mean AM is if, if AM is not one of the top 25 most talented and best teams in the country, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. Um like I said, on but, paper, they're not really an unranked team, but actually on paper they were, but in reality, right. they're not really a, a bottom 20, you know, they're not out of the top 25 for sure. But there's just so many things that happen looking back at this. I mean, I don't know why Bama Bama shouldn't have been in that game, like with the way they played, especially in the first half. Like you come out up seven three, and then I mean, you're talking about an offense that has been terrible, terrible. Yeah, they've they're totally ended up with forty one points is just insane to me. Like they've scored forty two combined against FBS opponents this season. Forty two combined, they put up forty one against Bama. It, their team total in the first half was seven and a half. They and twenty four and a half for the like the the game. They have that in the first half alone. But you're talking about everything you can do. A and they they executed the game plan was incredible on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I think a couple of people. I don't know if it's making an excuse or what really happened, but it did kind of seem like maybe this was one like the same way Arkansas versus Texas, right? Like where you you had this one circled. Because I don't think they thought they were they had a loss on that schedule before this game anyway, and it, I feel like I would lean towards that being true because they they came out with a game plan that we haven't seen anywhere close uh, to being that efficient or that impressive on offense the entire season. But Bama coming up with third and one from the one yard line, and you're throwing you're throwing the ball. Why? Yeah, the, the play calling was interesting, especially when Brian Robinson was having a good night. I mean, you know how many you know how many carries Brian Robinson had in the game? I do not. Twenty four. He averaged six point one yards per carry. Do you know how many carries he had in the red zone? Not many. Four, and two of them were from the twenty yard line. And yeah, when they went down I, seventeen to seven and threw that pick, they completely abandoned the run, and they go into the next three drives. They have 15 total plays, 13 of them were passes. And, and that yeah. was, was confusing to me because you had eight drop passes. You had eight, eight penalties, several mental mistakes. Like, the, like That offensive line is still not great, especially on the right side. But when you have, like in the second half alone, I think they had a total of 18 plays in the red zone for the game. 13 of them were pass plays, right? And you also have, in the second half, you have nine total plays in the red zone. Eight of them are pass plays. Why? It, it seemed like they panicked in the in the red zone, or uh, you know, I don't know if Bill Bryan's taking the heat today from Bama fans. Fired. But um, yeah, just it it seemed confusing, you know, when Brian Robinson he had 147 rushing yards on the day, and they were down for much of the game. I mean, Jameson Williams had another. He continues his coming out party. That dude's a beast, dude. Where's that offense without him? Uh, I, we were talking about it when we were watching the game yesterday. Like Mechie, he's just—we knew he was good, but he's just not 
a guy that carries an offense like you've seen what in the past. And I've been saying that since the preseason. He's not going to win you a football game. It's tough to be uh, Henry Ruggs or a Devontae Smith or a Judy or a Ridley or anything like Slade that. Bolden. But he's just Slade Bolden. But when he's your one, he's just not to the caliber they've been used to. Um, no. But and then you yeah, look at like the, the other part of it too. And like, I'm not trying to take anything away from A&M because they were incredible for outside of the 25 minutes from the start of the second half to the, what do you call it? To the five minute mark. They were absolutely dominant in every fit. They outcoached Bama. They, they outplayed Bama. I mean, Calzada is, is carried off the field, comes back in and, and delivers a game winning drive. Right. Bryce Young looked a lot of people were saying how he looked like a deer in headlights. He looked like overwhelmed by the blitz packages. Side note, if you can't handle those blitz packages, because they weren't bringing, bringing like six and seven people, they're bringing like four and right. five, just disguising the blitzes. You're not going to be able to, to like protect him against a team like Georgia. Right. Right. But when you, the offensive line, I think was to blame for that. Not, not necessarily Bryce Young, but you have this stretch in the first half where you go, you open the game three for three on third down. Then the next five, you don't convert and you have two turnovers and, and just look inept and like an off and everything like that. A&M comes out and, and you've seen, like, I, I think I said this in like, we were previewing the game. No one's going to stop 31. Their offensive line has been terrible this year. Terrible. Yep. They adjust. They, they kind of like mix up like, like, you know, their, their rotation, I guess, or however you want to say it, like across the board, like, you know, they, they switch a couple guys in different spots and they found something that worked because on the night, Bama had zero sacks and zero, zero QB pressures. And you look at A&M, they have, they have four sacks, five tackles for loss, five QB pressures. And it felt like it was way more than that. Um, but the other part of it too is in the second, like, you know, games in the SEC, especially like second half adjustments are, are what wins games at like an elite level, right? You're down by 14. You come out in the, in the, what do you call it? In the uh, start of the second half, and you, you end up having to punt. You have to, you know, you don't score, which is not ideal, obviously, because you're still down 14. But the next four drives you have for for Bama, like you know, or for A and M, you go from giving up 258 yards and 24 points in the first half to 13 plays for 24 total yards on Crazy. on four drives, Crazy. and and you get back to getting like a lead. You also, the tight ends were terrible. I mean, I talked about the eight drop passes. Going into this game, they were, they were a focal point in every single week, right? Like Latou and, and Billingsley. Um, I think on average in the last four games or five games, they were averaging five receptions total, like 75 yards and, and two touchdowns basically per game. I said they had one combined reception for 10 yards. Latou, if he catches that ball in the end zone in like the fourth quarter, and just takes one more step or holds on to over a half second. Mm-hmm. That might be the game. None of this matters because they win. Yep. Billingsley had several drops. But all that being said, man, this is the difference between Georgia and Bama. And this is why AM deserved to win that game. Bama somehow gets the lead back on a fucking gift. I don't think the refs were at Danielson. I don't want to sound like every other fan in the world. Danielson was not up Bama's ass at all last night. He was obnoxiously um I wouldn't say in favor of AM, but some of the stuff he was saying was ridiculous. He's anyway. Um, but you end up getting this gift where they forget to cover anyone. They, they forget to cover Jameson Williams on the outside. And it's just a free play. And Bryce still somehow underthrows him when Bama went up 38, 31. 
Mm-hmm. You also had a false start that they didn't call. And that's how you take the lead. What do we, what have we seen in the past from teams like this under Saban or Bama teams? What do we see from Georgia against Auburn? What do we see from elite teams? You take the lead, you fucking bury them, put your foot on their throat and bury them. And instead the very next play, Bama kicks off and Will Riker kicks it out of bounds. You mm-hmm. had just spent four straight drives where you held them to 13 plays for 24 total yards. And they go six plays, 65 yards right down your fucking throat. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, that was when that was the perfect throw from Calzada to a Shane. Am I right? Yeah. Or a nice, the right corner of the end zone. Yeah. And he's, that's when he's like helped off the field. I thought he was out. They only have a walk on left and basically just comes out of the tent. Like actually he's, he's ready to go. Like starting for the year. Yeah, no, it's incredible. And then he comes back and, and, um, they get the ball back from Bama and, as we saw, think about this back too, like, that, that play from Calzada, right? That he probably played the game of his life last night. I mean, at least up until this point. Right. But then you look at the other side of that, like that kind of shit is what wins you ball games. That kind of like grit that I hate using words like this, but like determination, like, I mean, it, it looked bad. It looked like a bad injury. Yeah. You think about the passes that Mechie dropped. We got alligator arms. Billingsley looked uninterested at best at times. And like, you know, like, consistently anytime he was about to face or like, or receive any kind of hit or any kind of contact short arming, everything Bama fans freaking out about that, that uh, targeting call. That was not targeting. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, that kid outplayed Bryce young. And for the most part, outside of that stretch in the second half, I mean, they did everything you're supposed to do. Like, I mean, Bama blocks a punt for a touchdown. What's the next play? hundred yard kickoff return for touchdown. I mean, credit A and M, man. They they had an incredible night. They deserved to win that game, and it was it was impressive on both sides of the ball, man. It really was, and um, obviously A and M fans were ecstatic after one week after you know almost calling for Jimbo's head on the message boards. We got some voicemails from some A and M fans and some Bama fans. So I'm gonna go ahead and play these. This is a back to back one. Uh, this guy, I think his name is Drew. Um, called in and emotion came over him. Chris, he couldn't finish this voicemail. So, hey guys, this is this is Drew. I'm calling from a A&M fan. Uh, I just finished watching that A&M ball game and I'm crying tears of joy. <laughs> first, first time I ever seen us win. You thought against the Bama since Menzel. About I don't know 24 deep right now, so uh, I couldn't be happier. Anyways, appreciate appreciate the work y'all do. And I'm just going to be happier, man. Y'all have a good one. Well, good for you, Drew. I'm reading Don't Kill Myself books. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, that's a quote from Wedding Crashers. No, I mean, that's yeah. awesome, man. Like, we, we talked about this last week. We're not going to make fun of anybody for no, no. being no, overcome it, with emotion. As, as, the, as the saying goes, it, it means more in the SEC. That's a good example of it. Drew called back, though. You got he himself together. Yes. I love this. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Drew again. I was a little choked up on the last voice message, but <clears throat> I sobered up a little more after that. Uh, <laughs> sobered up a little That's bit. awesome. Watching a and win. Uh, anyways, how did we go from being <laughs> an absolute dog shit team losing to Mississippi State to beating fucking Alabama? Please elaborate on that because I have no idea how. It's like we, switch, we just turn on the flip. Anyways, couldn't be more happy that we won. I'm still in shock. 
I'm, as I'm sure y'all are. But Giga Mag. Um, so, okay, like keep in mind, better. he said he sobered up. The, that call was precisely 19 minutes later. So I don't know if he. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, an emotional roller coaster. I based my whole life on that. Um, also, side note, real quick, I forgot to tell you this. The situation I was in watching that game, Rich and Caitlin left to go to a surprise party and left the kids here at the house with a babysitter. Ooh. And their bedtime <laughs> is 8 p.m. My God. Oh boy. Oh, boy. They did not go to bed at 8 p.m. and they learned a lot of new words. <laughs> we did hear from a BAM fan. Um, oh, good. So, hey guys, <laughs> that was a tough one. Um, the Bama game that is. This is what it feels like to lose again. It's been a little bit. I mean, that wasn't pass interfering. At pass inter whatever pass interference. I've had a few <laughs> at the end, but it doesn't matter. They beat us. It was. Roll tight anyway, I guess. It had to be... It had to be... It had to be Jimbo. What the hell? It had to be you. <laughs> He's just tailing off, damn it. Dude, I'm so glad it was Jim That was Robert St. Jean. Love that dude. I also am glad it was Jimbo over Kirby or, or Lane. That's true. Also, that was a thousand percent pass interference. We got one more from an A&M fan. He's got some dating advice for you, Chris. Jesus Christ. It's a, it's a nice one. Hey, T-Huck and Uncle Chris out here in College Station where we just beat the hell out of Bama. Party. Anyway, man, I had a great time today watching all the football games. They were fantastic. Just like being in Kyle Field, watching them win was fantastic. had a great time with all my friends in Texas, Pete. Hashtag downset sauce like you mean it. Um, anyway, I for some dating advice for Chris. I think coming to Texas, man. There are a lot of great gals around here, um, and it's a great time. So, uh, Giga Maggie's, and I love you boys. See y'all later. See? And yeah, not the nicest guy in the world. That was really nice. I appreciate that. Now, listen, <laughs> you know I'm skeptical about going to College Station and finding girls. However, I love that message, and I love the fact that he was still partying. And by the way, side note, Kristen was sending me these these videos from the game, Shout out to Aggie fans everywhere for, for like packing that place out in a game that we thought was like should not have been the primetime game. You know, they only get one a year. And it was so fucking loud in there that like the glass in like the suites were was shaking. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, I mean, it's crazy. So congrats, man. Aggie fans, y'all deserved it. We talked to talk to Robert Barons about it the uh last night. Absolutely incredible win. Happy for you guys. Um, I'm glad you guys got to celebrate. So, should we move on to the Georgia-Auburn game? Yeah, there's, I mean, I don't think there's as much to discuss Yeah, there, it's, there's not as much. I mean, you don't, it's still UGA going on the road, playing a ranked team, no JT Daniels again, and... He was announced just, as a starter, too. None of that mattered. Um, they get a comfortable SEC win, fifth straight over Auburn. Stetson Bennett passed for 231 yards, two touchdowns. My boy, Lad McConkie. Lad McConkie. Five catches, 135 yards. We got a voicemail about Lad McConkie, by the way. Uh, Zamir White, 79 yards, 18 carries, two touchdowns. Uh, most of his damage was in the second half. That defense, they gave up a touchdown, Chris. And we had some, some I don't know if they were being serious in the voicemails, some mad Georgia fans that they gave up a touchdown. Probably 
getting, but probably want to chill out on that. I think if you're being serious, um, four sacks. They were that, out of control. I mean, they were. I mean, they did trail the for the first loss. time this season. So yes, yeah, so now Michigan is the only team that has not trailed uh, throughout the year. But I, I tell you what, and this was. Did they never trail to Nebraska? Oh, just trailed. Yeah, did they never trail to Nebraska? Yesterday? No, they were up three zero in the game. Okay. Um, but this is this is what impressed me most about Georgia, right? And and people are going to get sick of hearing it. And, and I, I've said for a while that I think they're the best team in the country. And, and this is why I told you about like, Bama takes a lead, they kick the ball off out of bounds, you give up a six play, sixty five yard drive. You, I mean, you you just shit your pants basically, or just that's, I mean, that's aggressive. Peanut pissed on your leg. I don't know. Um, so aggressive. Oops, I crap my pants. Anyway, you look at Georgia and what they did. They were methodically dominant the entire game. And what they did, like, we can kind of confuse, like, in the first half of games, like, oh, they don't seem as explosive. Well, because, like, you're just getting Kiaris Jackson back. You obviously don't have Pickens. Now you're putting Darnell Washington in the fold, and you're trying to figure out how to, like, you know, split touches, carries, all this kind of stuff with all this talent, right? But you watch them just get stronger and stronger and stronger as the game goes on. And that's why Zamir, Zamir White like was able to start gashing people in the second half. I think he averaged like over seven yards carry in the second half because they're just wearing people down. But this is why Georgia is the best team in the country. And this is why, again, Georgia will win the national championship this year. You're on the road against Auburn. Bo Nix is doing all of his, what I call vacation Bible school, Johnny Manziel bullshit. And it, like, you're trying to corral him, all that kind of stuff. Auburn scores a touchdown to make it 24-10. Okay. There's 18 minutes and 31 seconds left in the game. Right. They, they score. Actually, I think there's 19 minutes and 31 seconds left uh, in the game in the next two drives. So Georgia's up 24, 10 in the next two drives, Georgia holds Auburn to seven plays for negative nine yards. Yo. They outscore them 10, nothing. They only held the ball for four minutes and three seconds. And so for the outside of the garbage time when TJ Finley came in, Georgia extended the lead to make it 34 to 10. They absolutely smother Auburn's offense, negative nine yards on the next two drives combined. Auburn had 29 rushes for 46 yards in the game. Right. And then you talk about after that, they held the ball for 14 and a half of the 18 and a half minutes. Yep. That is exactly methodical, dominant, suffocating, and you just took it out of them. It was awesome. I also about to lose my shit if they would have covered the spread on a backdoor cover with TJ Finley. But that right there is why Georgia's the best team in the country. Yep, and they got a big weekend uh, coming up. They got game day in Athens yet again, hosting number six. Well, who, what is Kentucky now? I, I didn't see that in the AP poll. They're 11 there. somehow still. Yep. So they can, number 11 Kentucky comes to town. Uh, the only two unbeaten uh, SEC East teams. Um, maybe they're the, are they the only two SEC unbeaten's at all? I guess yeah, this they are. Um, Auburn's got Arkansas next week. Uh, we did get some voicemails from some Georgia fans. Um, not surprisingly, none from any Auburn fans. Well, they were busy um, celebrating the Bama loss. That's true, as one would do. Um, let's get it started here. Mail. Effing man. That is the voicemail. Other dogs need to quit doubting this dude. He is the effing man. I'm out. Kind of right. I mean, like, it's pretty funny. 
Yeah, like it's pretty fun to watch that dude kind of like get in his crew. Like he's going on a 30 yard run and just kind of getting up and just walking the walk. He knows like he's in he control. He took a couple of hits, man. I, yeah. I thought it was like, and he just, he's, I mean, we saw this last year. He's got a little swagger to him. He, he really does. Uh, let's get to the Lad McConkey voicemail. What's going on, Marler, T Huck? It's Mitch from Georgia. Hope all is well with you guys and that uh, it's been a good weekend of college football. Georgia just sacked Bo Nix for what seems like 50 yards for the fourth time because he runs like 50 yards backwards on every play. <laughs> just calling to say go dogs. The, uh, the Georgia defense is so good that Georgia, the Georgia offense is beating people with a guy whose legal name is Vlad McConkey. <laughs> His his legal name is Lad McConkey, and he's running for like sixty yards down the field on Auburn. So go dogs! Uh, love the podcast. Keep it up, guys. Yep. What are those? What are those things German people wear that are like? They're basically like overalls, but like also a romper for men. Uh, like, lederhosen. That's he sounds like he was born with lederhosen on, like right <laughs> out of the fucking womb. <laughs> Lad McConkey. And also, I don't think this is racist. Can we just call him Mick Honky? Because he's white. Come on. I think it is. Can't do that? I think, yeah, no. No, I can't do that. Um, okay. um, <laughs> all right. So, a couple more voicemails. A couple more voicemails. Chris and, Chris and Tyler, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm a Georgia fan to start this off, and I am pissed off about this game against Auburn. Oh, the Jesus, fact that we allowed a touchdown is ridiculous. How do you let Bo Nick? And Tank Bigsby score a touchdown against this defense. But you know what? All I'm going to say is go, dogs. They're winning it all this year. Marler, you can go ahead and, you know, suck it. All right? <laughs> but go, dogs. I'm going to end it there. Okay, hold on. And we're going to end it here, too. Because, no, hold on, hold on. I, he called okay. back. We apologize. <laughs> He's the worst. He was asking for the Marler, number. I want to apologize again. for my last voicemail for telling you to uh, suck it. But, um, <laughs> Go dogs, and I'm I'm really upset with the defense. The fact that they Again, same thing. to score a touchdown, but the mailman delivered all that shit you've talked about. Stephen Bennett and the mailman can throw that out the window. The mailman is delivering. George is winning a national right, title. Stop the fucking recording. Hold go on, dogs, baby. we're gonna get serious here for a second. I, I this is listen. I have said all season long that George is the best team in the country. I have made fun of Stetson Bennett the fourth because his name is fucking ridiculous. And we saw what he was able to do last year for a full, basically a full season. Me talking shit about Stetson Bennett, your entire fan base was talking shit about Stetson Bennett and then hyped up the other quarterback who set out for a quarter, I guess three quarters of last season and now over half of this season because he wasn't talented enough. And that's the only reason you guys didn't win against Bama. That's the only reason you didn't beat, uh, florida and get into the playoff that that's your fan base so i'm going to say this one time and probably you know i might say it again next week but here's the deal georgia fans i have said all season long you're you're better than bama you're gonna win the national championship and i fully mean it and i've, I've given you reasons why that kind of shit and i love west i love west to death all day all day today georgia fans i saw one guy like one of our listeners was like bama y'all y'all want kirby back yet no no, we don't. We're, we're fine without Kirby. We had the number one defense in the country the two years after he left and have had a better scoring defense in Georgia in four of the five years since he was gone. Also, 2-0 and against them and won two national titles. I think that ends this year. 
But Georgia fans, you better fucking pray that, that you beat Bama this year. I mean, just because if you don't do it this year, after all the shit, we're halfway through the season. We're halfway through the season. And, you know, why don't we just objectively take a step back and, and just evaluate the past seasons? You tell me the year that Georgia exceeded expectations and finished the season with a trophy over their head that mattered or an undefeated season. Has that happened yet? Nope. It has not. It's October 10th. It's October 10th. God, you guys better pray you win this game. I mean, just can you imagine? I said at the beginning of the year, if Bama goes 10 and 2 and ruins Georgia's season, I'd almost I'd almost let like I'd almost be fine with them losing to Auburn if they ruin Georgia's season after watching fans this weekend. Oof. Oof. No. Don't say that, Chris. Well, but can we also just say that like I I get being excited. You should be. You're the best team in the country, hands down. Why are we wait? Why are we forgetting like actual facts that have happened all season? Did I say anything? Stetson Bennett's a stupid name, Wes. So you shut your mouth. If you don't love Stetson Bennett, you got a big dump in your pants. Okay, that's good. That, that actually is pretty good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that was my favorite voice of the weekend right there. Um, oh, also, okay. real quick, I need to apologize to Wes because I um, was so out of it during uh, Saturday. At one point, he uh, posted something about Auburn, like fans like being so quiet. And I was like, listen, dude, we made game threads for this for a reason. Can you just post it in the game thread? It was on his own personal page, and I look like a total asshole. Mm, nice. Uh, let's get into the crazy Ole Miss-Arkansas game. Uh, Ole Miss, first win over a ranked SEC opponent since 2017. Ooh. Going back to SEC media day. Actually, going back to last season, Matt Corral famously threw six picks against Arkansas in the loss. Go back to SEC media days this year in July. Vowed to redeem himself. Quote, said the next time I play that defense, it's going to be much different. End quote. I'm not going to throw six interceptions. He had a game on him. He had a four touchdowns, two runs for two touchdowns, and uh, 287 with another two, uh, including the 68-yard pass to Braylon Sanders to give yep. Ole Miss the lead with 107. Arkansas get, I mean, in this game, back and forth all game long with with touchdowns. Um, Arkansas gets the ball back, 107 left, back at its 25-yard line with a chance to tie. They drive the length of the field score a nine-yard touchdown as time expires to Warren Thompson. Sam Pittman, camera fires over to him after they score, immediately calling for the two-point conversion. He wanted to win it right there. Unfortunately for Arkansas, they failed to convert. Ole Miss escapes with the one-point victory. They do so without having their best running back, Jaron Ely, but more than made up for it with the guys like Snoop, my boy Snoop, uh, Parrish, uh, Corral ran 15 times for 94 yards. Um, he's run for eight touchdowns this year and he ran for seven all of last year. Um, Lane Kiffin stayed hot, went for it five times on fourth down yet again. Um, this time more successful four or five on fourth down, all four conversions. 34 yard line, by the way. For a four for five, uh, with all four conversions coming on drives that ended in touchdown. So it worked out a little bit better this week than it did last week. Don't want to take too much away from KJ Jefferson, who counted for six th yeah. touchdowns himself. He was 25 at 35 for 326 and added, uh, what do you have? Three touchdowns on the ground, three through the air. Yeah. 
just ridiculous. Four hundred and eleven total yards. I mean, he was great. He was great, and it was cool to see too because it wasn't all just to Traylon Burks. I mean, he had seven for one thirty-six, but like he didn't have a reception. I think until the second half. What was yep. crazy about this game was that it was super slow to start out, right? It, like seven nothing in the first quarter, twenty-one to fourteen at the half, and then you have this explosion where the game ends 52 51. So you have 103 total points, 60 total first downs, 1,287 yards. I mean, and I think my favorite part of it, like, I, I don't know if I would have gone for two, but I'm a pretty big, uh, <laughs> don't say beta as I was called today on Twitter. Um, when I was like, I, yeah, I posted something about like sage and how Ali has all the sage. And I was trying to like smudge the house last night for good luck. And somebody called me a beta, which is very frustrating. We'll get to it later. But you talk about like at the end of this game, I love the confidence to immediately go for it for one. And then what Kiffin said afterwards were they were like, I mean, somebody that we think is like usually that arrogant and overconfident. He was the first to basically put his team down. He's like, yeah, I mean, you got to stop when you need it most. He's like, no, he didn't. No, he just overthrew him. They ran out of time. It was like, right. yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Um, but man, like it, in the first half, it, I thought we were going to be giving raises out to DJ Durkin and uh, Barry Odom for how great they looked. And, and then because they limited both both offenses really, really well, especially Ole Miss. That second half, man, Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin with a guy like Matt Kraut, so much fun, dude. Yeah, they're a fun team to watch. My Rebels. I mean, they they rebounded. Oh, sure, they it was a great weekend for my teams. You had the Rebels. You have Florida State winning as a 17.5-point underdog. Braves won. Falcons won. I'm, I'm sorry it wasn't as good for you, Chris. Really am. Were you, yeah, I'm glad Florida State won their second game of the century, so that's nice. Yeah, it is good. Uh, you better hope great. that y'all beat Bama. I don't mean it. I'm projecting again. All right. Uh, Kentucky LSU. We didn't have I, a single Ole Miss Arkansas call? Not one. Disappointed. We got um, a few Kentucky ones, but uh, just for the lack of time, we're not going to be able to play them today. But um, Kentucky LSU, man, um, you thought this was going to be LSU coming back, making a statement. Oh, my God. This is Kentucky off the rails for gambling-wise. Dominated LSU in this game. They Start were to 35, 35-7 to seven in the fourth quarter. Uh, Will Levis, three touchdown passes, including one to our boy, Wando. Robinson. He also had like two, two, tu- had- two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he had five touchdowns himself. Which, you know, when you run for 329 yards rushing, um, LSU's defense, where are you at? Maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a Bo Pelini thing. Um, oh, Rodriguez, Cavassier Smoke, both went over 100 yards rushing. Um, Chris Rodriguez, his 10th 100-yard rushing game, also made him the 10th Kentucky player to break 2,000 career yards in this game. Um, we talked about how, like, if they couldn't get up and win this game, uh, at the, speaking of LSU, things were really starting to go off the rails for, for Edo down there in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know why I had so much confidence in – LSU, probably because I just missed Baton Rouge and wanted to go back and not stay in this basement for the weekend. That being said, this has been, this is comically bad. Yeah. I, and like, I don't know if you watched it. Like, I watched. And you finally got run game support. And okay. Still but bad. did you? They hadn't. They, so I broke down the entire play chart 
last week, especially in the second half and like how little they ran the ball. And LSU fans have been pining nonstop, like, you know, why don't we run the football? Well, because you can't. You're not any good. That's Just like that quote from Billy Madison was a happy Gilmore. Um, but the fact that you open up the first half of this game against one of the better defenses in the country, especially against the run, and you decide to run 19 times in the first half alone, they were literally trying out receivers at running back earlier this week. That's not your, I mean, like constantly trying to find themselves. Just, I mean, it's like a fucking rom-com. It's ridiculous. They're like 50 first dates. Every day they wake up, they're a new person. makes no sense. But when I say comically bad, what made all of it so like finally obvious to me that Orgeron's gone, he's gone in the first quarter of this game. And this might be like his eighth must win game of the past two seasons. Right. And you're a two and a half point underdog against a, a Kentucky team that is coming off this big emotional win. You have way more talent than them, top to bottom, like with your roster. You're down seven nothing after they go right down your throat in the first first drive of the game, and you have fourth and two or fourth and three on like the 31 yard line. You have the best kicker in America on your bench, Cade York. Like multiple kicks or, or like field goals over 50 yards last year. He had a 57 yarder like in you know the fog against Florida. Make it seven to three. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And not only did they go for it, then in just typical of like what I will now say is like Coach O fashion, the receiver doesn't run the the route to the actual first down marker. The ball's thrown just out of his reach. Kentucky gets the ball back. Within two plays, they're down inside like the 15-yard line. And it was over. I mean, oof. Yeah, and to make matters worse, Kayshawn Boutte caught it off the field in the fourth quarter with a leg injury. Um. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky was in the red zone five times, came away with five touchdowns. I mean, just no it, resistance. Dude, you say resistance in every essence of the word. I mean, especially early on, like wide open players, like, you know, running backs going in untouched. Like, my God. Doesn't get much easier for LSU. They got Florida next week. Kentucky is at Georgia. Huge opportunity for them. Obviously, they're going to be major underdogs. What would you have to if I don't know if the lines come out yet, but what, what would you guess would be the line in the Kentucky Georgia game next week? I already told you what it was. It's twenty two. There's some like surprise lines next week, dude. LSU is an eleven point underdog and at home to Florida. Arkansas is a four point favorite over Auburn. Um, Bama is only a fifteen point favorite of Mississippi State. There's a couple that are kind of surprising. Uh, South Carolina is a sixteen point favorite over Vandy. By the way, um, semi-inappropriate joke here, but my buddy's called, uh, before the injury, of course, to Butte, mm-hmm. he said, uh, you guys got to start calling uh, the Max Johnson to Butte the butt stuff plays. Oh, that would have been good. But that now, really good. But now we don't, we don't get that. No yeah, butt stuff for LSU. Well, I wouldn't say uh, that. I mean, they drink a lot down there, so. Um. Uh, Outside the SEC, man, it was an insane weekend. You had multiple teams going down. Um, the, the Oklahoma-Texas game was insane. You had uh, BYU, top 10 team. They lose to Boise State at home. Um, not know they were a top 10 team. They were a top 10 team. Um, obviously, the Iowa-Penn State game, just absolutely insane. Um, Michigan taken to the brink by Nebraska. Nebraska just lost that in the most ridiculous oh fashion ever and just like the when they like pan over with the camera to, to scott frost he's just got that look in his face like i just 
I don't, I don't know what to say anymore. Like he constantly looks like he's trying to figure out which line at the airport he's supposed to be in. Every time they pan over to him, he's like, I don't know because I have to check a bag, but like, I also have a carry on. So I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And it's like, Scott, just figure it the fuck out, dude. I mean, <laughs> my God. Um, I mean, there's just some weird teams that are up there this year. Arizona State's five and one now. I mean, Cincinnati's undefeated and I mean, Oregon probably going to make the playoff. Who's that? Oregon, Oregon State, State lost. State lost. Um, and yeah, I mean, Ohio State, like brought it up earlier, like yeah. they looked, I mean, Maryland's not coming great, into form, which no. is scary. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's going to be an interesting end to the year. I mean, I don't, because Georgia, we think by all means will be there. I don't know that there's much said after that right now. Well, it's funny too. I was looking at some of the old podcasts, like, like just the descriptions. Um, and I'll take the heat for this about being wrong so often. Um, last week, the recap was it's Georgia, Bama and everybody else. I, I mean, that defense is, it's scary good. And I, I just don't like, it, maybe I'm sleeping on the big 10. The big 10 currently has five teams ranked in the top nine. Um, crazy, but before we close out, like just going over some of these resumes here, dude, you talk about strength of schedule, strength of record, the strength of schedule for Bama is, is ninth and the strength of record is nine as well. But Iowa, they don't have a ranked team left on their schedule. Um, look up. I mean, you can look up Oklahoma cause I haven't seen that since I mean, like the, the hay is in the barn. Is that, that that's what people I, say. I, suppose that i mean the hey i mean if you can't do it do it better so there's that um ohio state like and we'll get into like our hot takes for it i never thought i would say this but my hot take for this week my texas pete hot take and to be very clear i haven't been right about a single thing I have said in these hot takes and it hasn't even taken long to prove me wrong it's like <laughs> like literally 36 hours later so I'm going to say this and maybe like partially just to jinx them as of today, the big 10 East is the best division in football and it's better than the sec West. Yeah. Really Penn state, Michigan state, Michigan and, and Ohio state. I mean, that is loaded. Wow. Um, I, these teams are going to beat, beat each other up just like the SEC does. I mean, at this point, I just don't, I don't see a world where we're looking at Iowa in the playoff. Um, you, no. To me, I, I think Ohio State will eventually make their way back up to the top in that, in that conference. But you never could have even, you couldn't have paid me to believe that Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State would all be in the top 10 this far into the year. Like, especially like Michigan and Michigan yeah. state being undefeated is insane. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, in Michigan state, they're obviously had a schedule. You could probably convince me that Mel Michigan Tucker, would have been overrated enough. Um, just because of what we've seen, like until like get into the meat of their schedule, but they've been impressive. I mean, they've, they've every single week they've, they've been impressive in my opinion. I will say that you look at this, this uh, schedule for Iowa, Purdue, at Wisconsin, you get a week off for that. At Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, at Nebraska. So that is over. And and this is what's crazy too, is like their resume, and this always confuses me. Like, do you look at 
the like wins versus ranked opponents is it like currently ranked or at the time i think it's at the time which doesn't make a lot of sense because i mean it does and it doesn't like bama and iowa both have wins against top 20 teams like indiana for iowa and like miami for for bama and both right. those teams are two and three right we got a win over florida yeah, I was told today from a Big Ten contributor that that was not an impressive win. Also, I was told that um, that the win, the loss yesterday against uh, A&M was basically like losing to Purdue at Purdue. So, that I mean, I handled that well. I took it in stride and didn't um, overreact at all, which is good. So yeah, that's, a, that's a tough view to, to get on board with. Um, all right. Texas Pete hot take. I just gave you mine, idiot. Well, let me do my read for Texas Pete. There you go. My Texas Pete hot take has to do with legendary player. And speaking of legendary, legendary flavors. Texas Pete hot sauce has all the sauce and seasonings you need to make your food the real MVP. Try some Texas Pete original hot sauce. Let's try. Seasoning. Buffalo wing sauce, green pepper sauce, barbecue sauce, more. Game day grub or any day grub deserves some Texas Pete. Visit texaspeat.com. Enter promo code Saturday Down South. Take 20% off your entire order. Get hot apparel like Texas Pete shirts and hats. Downset sauce like you mean it. Chris, this may not be a hot take for you, but I feel like Bama fans are all sad today, and I get it. I think Bryce Young still wins the Heisman, like hands down. Maybe not even close. Hands, hands down. I just think Bama's going to run the table from here and on out, and they vote on, on that award, what, the weekend after SEC championship game, right? That's the number one reason I would say he's not going to win it. If he wins think about, that game. Think about what Tua did. Tua, Tua came off a, one of the best seasons we like had ever seen, we thought, and then he also has against like the week before the SEC championship game against Auburn, he has six touchdowns. And it took one week. He was the leader for the entire season. He has one bad game against Georgia and gets injured, and then he loses to Kyler Murray. My man, like you even said, like oh, Calzada outplayed Bryce Young. My man went for three eighty nine and three touchdowns. That's a he, damn good game. Okay, I mean he did have eight drops, but he was yeah. at fifty eight point six percent completion percentage. Was not great. I just think if they run the table. Because Spencer Rattler's out of the conversation. Sam Howell's out of the conversation. Corral will be there. But again, I don't think uh, Ole Miss is going to have a pretty good amount of losses. I don't know I don't know that he's going to have like the crazy stats that you need to have, be on a three or four loss team. I don't know that they're going to have four losses. But I don't think they're going to be enough in the national conversation. Maybe. Um, I think Bryce Young is going to be on a team who's going to be in the conversation for the playoff at the end of the year. And he's going to have really good stats. Um and I think Bryce Young still wins the Heisman. You can't tell me. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bijan Robinson, or this kid from Michigan State. People yeah, need to stop sleeping Walker. on that kid. I mean, kid's was legit, man. last year. Yeah, I also sounded like a real idiot this morning on radio. I was like, "Yeah, he's like a true freshman, right?" They're like, "No, he's a senior transfer." And I was like, "Good, yeah, glad I said that out loud." Um, <laughs> but here's what I'll say too about like Matt Corral. I love the way it sets up for him. He's currently they're ranked thirteenth. They go at Tennessee. That's going to be a very high-scoring game. LSU, same thing. At Auburn, I don't know if they win that game, but the rest of their schedule in November 
seems like it could be full of Heisman, potential Heisman moments. Liberty at home against Malik Willis, which will be an awesome game. A&M. Liberty is not very good. I don't know if you've paid attention to that. They are in the first half. I knew all that matters. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, like, they're going to put up a lot of points with Hugh Freeze, especially, and Malik Willis. Those are potentially Maybe. the top two they quarterbacks taken in the draft. That's bad, yeah. But those are like, potentially the top two quarterbacks taken in the draft. So you're going to yeah. have probably like a, 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 just a great duel out there in the Grove. Then you have A&M, Vandy, Mississippi State. I, I kind of love it. So you love Corral. I love Golden Corral, especially. That chocolate fountain. My God. All right, let's close out. What's your favorite moment of the weekend? Favorite moment of the weekend? Well, obviously. I mean, I I know we don't can all make fun of it. Don't fucking, don't you dare. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that to you, Chris. For, obviously, Florida State getting a win. I'm down here with a bunch of my college buddies. We we turned on that game thinking we'll probably be playing cornhole in the front yard of this Airbnb we're in that was built in like 1940. I don't know if you can see my background. It's ridiculous. Um, we'll be playing cornhole because the game will be out of reach. Down 10 nothing, right on pace for what we thought, and then we reel off a bunch of points where they don't score, and... We run, won the first road game we've won under Norvell. 17 and a half point underdogs. Sam Howell was the recruit that left us at the altar on, on signing day. We've now beat him. He's 0-2 against us. Very happy. Got to celebrate right. with my boys. Something that never happens. That was my best cool. one of the weekend. You can suck it. Just that like is, that voicemail guy said. What the hell, guys? All right. <laughs> I'll give you my favorite moment and also the uncensored moment of the weekend. We'll close out. The uncensored moment of the weekend. After the entire country... Got to watch Alabama lose and felt like they were a part of that win. And I understand why. The last person I thought would betray me. I don't know if we're an Auburn podcast anymore. I got some very disturbing and rude trash talk texts at 2.41 mm. in the morning. Yeah. A um, lot of people. No, I mean, no one feels bad for Bama when they lose. And nor, they, nor should they. Right. But my own mother, Pastor oh. Patty Sue, from one of her two Twitter accounts... Sends me this at 7.15 this morning. Here is today's pep talk with Patty Sue. The message, God knows your sorrows. Ooh. Tyler, a little background of this. She has in between five to eight of these messages, like pre-filmed and on deck, that she can choose whenever she wants. Oh, she chose to drop that one today. As soon as I called her, I was like, what, what is this? And she goes, do you think that was funny? I said, no, mom. And did you do it on purpose? She's like, yeah, I thought it was really funny. Wow. So today is National Pastor Appreciation Day. Um, if you're thinking about sending me a message that's mean and cold, like cold-hearted, send it to my mom. Don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Well, hey, it was a great weekend. This is one of the best college football weekends, uh, despite your loss. I'm sorry, Chris, uh, that I've seen a long time as far as great, great games. This weekend or this week coming up on the pod, we're not going to jinx it. I think we have some pretty good guests lined up. We'll surprise you with who they are. Oh, and also, I'm going to, I figured out my Halloween costume. I'm going to be Kip. That's beautiful. I know. I know it is. Anyway, all right. All right. Thank you guys. We Thanks, will see guys. you Thanks for this listening. week. Five stars. Five stars.